Welcome to the Wisdom in Christ podcast. My name is Brian Boy, and it's such a blessing and an honor to have you here. As we dive into this message today, we truly hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you and that your life will forever be changed by the words that you hear. If you want to find out more about Wisdom in Christ and our goal to teach people around the world how to have a relationship with Jesus, then please be sure to check out our website posted in the description. Until then, take care. God bless and enjoy the episode. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this grace and the mercy that you have given us. And Father, we just ask that you will be with us today to continue to lead us and guide us in a way that only you can, Father, and that you will teach us today, Father, how to draw closer to the truth that you have for us. And Father, I pray that you will be with me specifically in this time. I pray that you will bless my mind, bless my heart, bless my spirit, Lord. Allow my words and my thoughts to be of you and from you, Father, and that your people will forever be changed by the words that they hear here today. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So good morning, everyone. Welcome back once again to Wisdom in Christ. It's Sunday morning. My name is Brian Boyd. And as you can see by the title today, we're going to be talking about truth. And although we had a few technical difficulties getting started, we are here, we are back, and we are ready to continue going forward today with the word that the Lord has given us. And as you can see, everyone, as I said before, we're talking about truth. And this is a very interesting topic because, you know, from one point or another, you know, everyone is pretty much associated with the same thing because our world itself is driven by truth. You know, everything that we desire to do, the way we desire to live and even the way that we want to experience because we all want to experience the best that life has to offer. But unfortunately, everyone, you know, in our world today, which is not unlike the world of past, you know, the truth always seems to be changing. Right. So we're always trying to redefine you know, the laws and ways of society. We're always trying to find the lines between ethics and morality. We're always trying to find a line between humility and arrogance, between success and failure, you know, what those two things actually mean, you know, the concept of purpose. And then lastly, you know, self-care and selfishness, you know, to sum it up though, like everything that we have a perspective on is constantly changing. And, you know, that in itself is not what the truth actually is, because if you look at the actual definition of truth itself, it means that it's something that's based on a fact or a reality. But when you look at the biblical definition of truth, it means something that just is. All right. The truth in the Bible sense is unchanging. It's something that was the same yesterday. It's the same today. And it's going to be the same tomorrow. Right. Like it's everlasting. And so the best way to look at that is the example of the alphabet. Right. So if you use any of the letters in the alphabet, whether that's A, B or C, you know, those letters are always going to be the same. So whether that's today, tomorrow or forevermore, A is always going to be A. A is never going to change. The sound of A is never going to change. It's always going to be the same. And so that in itself is the truth. And so today, you know, looking at that small example, we're going to look at what the truth is for our world, you know, for our faith and for our society, using the Bible as a base. And thankfully, you know, this wasn't too hard to do because this is a question that has been asked in the Bible. And it is asked in John chapter 18, verse 37 through 38. And here, you know, this is setting the stage for when Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. And Jesus is here talking to Pilate. 
And one of the biggest questions that, you know, that was presented in that particular time was that Jesus being, you know, put up there to be crucified because he claimed himself to be the king of the Jews. And so here we follow the story in John chapter 18, verse 37 through 38. And Pilate says here, you are a king then. And it says, Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate says in verse 38, what is truth? And so here, you know, looking at this definition, Jesus expresses, you know, that he is a king, but also that he came to the world to testify to the truth. And that's actually the first point here to understanding what the truth is, is to itself understand that Jesus, first and foremost, is indeed a king. All right. Jesus is the author of life. He's the ruler of heaven and earth. And as the king, you know, everything and everyone that he's created belongs to him rightfully. And that means that essentially there's nothing that he can or cannot do, you know, with us and with the things that he's created. And if we follow him, we're able to receive his help for the situations that we're in. And so this is fundamental to understanding because when you understand that Jesus is the king, it will give you the foundation for knowing what truth actually is, not only in our lives, but in the lives of society, our governments, and the world around us that he has created. And so here, the three best examples I could come up with was first found in the story of the leper, which takes place in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 2. And it says here that when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came up and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing make me clean. And so here, the interesting thing about this story is that when you understand that Jesus is a king, now you're able to make sense of what happens when people approaches him in the Bible. And so here, the leper came to Jesus. He addressed him as Lord. He addressed him as king. And he acknowledged the fact that not only is he a citizen of Jesus, but he also has a relationship with him. And having this relationship, everyone, is truly the core of what takes place next. Because after this, he asked Jesus, after he acknowledges him being king, whether or not he will make him clean. So he gives Jesus the choice because he knows that as the king, Jesus has the power to make him clean. Jesus has the power to heal him. But it's also his decision of whether or not he wants that to be done. And so in response, Jesus says that he is willing and he actually makes the man clean and he commands him to take a gift to the priest to show, you know, for the cleansing that he has experienced, because that was one of the laws that Jesus established for them back in the Old Testament times. And so here, once again, the summary of this is that we see Jesus as a king. We see Jesus being addressed as a king, the ruler of heaven and earth, and the fact that he has the ability and the choice to help the man that came to him. And so Jesus, in response, heals the man and he restores him and makes him whole based on the faith that he had in him. Moving forward, the second example that we have here to kind of prove that Jesus is the king is in the fact that he comes to heal the blind man. And it takes place in Luke chapter 18, verses 35 through 40. And so to sum up the story, because it is a bit long, Jesus is traveling to Jericho and the blind man is calling out to Jesus on the street. And he simply says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus approaches the man. Jesus asks the man what he wants. And the man says, you know, to, to restore his sight so that he may be healed. And Jesus, in response, 
heals the man because of the conditions that I especially you before. He addresses Jesus as Lord because he addresses him as the son of David, which means that Jesus is right in line to seize the throne. Jesus also acknowledges him the fact that they have a relationship with each other because he acknowledges him as the son of David. And then he asks Jesus, you know, if it's your will to heal me for the things that I am going through. And so Jesus, in response, speaks with the man. He restores his sight and he tells him that his faith has made him well, because here, once again, he not only acknowledges Jesus as Lord, as Savior, but he also acknowledges him as king. The fact that he had a relationship with him and the fact that Jesus has the ability to heal him from the things that he's going through. And so here we see two great examples of what that looks like of understanding that Jesus is the king. And, and that sets, once again, the foundation for the truth. But then there's also a third case in the Bible that kind of shows us what happens when we don't follow these particular you know, principles or orders for him. And here this takes place in Matthew chapter 12, verse 13 through 15. And so it says here, you know, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. It says in verse 14, Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out and be on God against all kinds of greed for life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. The interesting thing about this story here is that the man doesn't call out to Jesus as Lord. He doesn't call out to him as the son of David or as king. He refers to him as teacher. And here he basically demands Jesus to deliver and divide the inheritance with his brother. And so Jesus, in response, doesn't actually fulfill the man's request because he didn't follow, once again, the criteria of understanding that Jesus, number one, is the king. He doesn't acknowledge that he has a relationship with Jesus. And then number three, he doesn't acknowledge the fact that Jesus has a choice to either accept, accept or refuse the request that he has made. And so here, this helps us understand once again that, <clears throat> you know, Jesus is once again the king of heaven and earth, right? There's nothing he cannot do. There's nothing he doesn't own. And there's nothing that he's not willing to do. But we have to first address and approach him as such in order for us to receive the help and the provision and things that we need. And understanding this truly is the key to understanding what life itself is about. And to go back to the example, you know, Jesus begins to teach them the story about greed and the fact that nothing is really owned by them at all, but instead everything is owned by God. And we're just here on this earth to manage the stuff that he has given us. And honestly, everyone, you know, understanding this is indeed the foundation to the truth because we understand that Jesus is indeed the king. You understand, uh, you know, the power and all that he has as our Lord and as our savior. Then you're able to truly experience the life that he has to offer. And we get a concept and we get inference into the life that he offers once again in the second point that he came in here to deliver the truth. And that's found once again in John 18, verse 37. And it says here. Once again, that the reason I came and was born into this world is to testify to the truth. And so here, you know, the truth that Jesus is referring to is the gospel. And that's best expressed in Matthew chapter four, verse 17, because it says here, you know, at the start of his ministry, Jesus preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And although this is a bold statement that Jesus simply says that God's kingdom is here on this earth, it goes far deeper than what, you know, we believe is being expressed because here, He's saying that the kingdom of God is not just, you know, a physical place. It's not just a place where we go up in heaven after we die. But instead, the kingdom of heaven is an environment. It's a place where 
we're able to experience the joy, the peace, and the freedom that God offers us all. We're able to have life and have life more abundantly, as the Bible states, and we're truly able to enjoy a one-on-one personal relationship with the God that we serve and with the people that he has placed in our lives. Like This is the core concept of what the kingdom of heaven represents. And in order to inherit the kingdom of heaven, the only thing we have to do is repent. And so here, repentance is not just you know, us coming up to the altar in church and confessing our sins before everyone is there, but it's a literal changing of our minds. So we're not just coming to God and admitting our faults, but we're coming to God, we're addressing our faults, we're telling him the things that, you know, we've done wrong, the things we failed at, and then we're making a conscious decision not to do those things anymore, but to instead follow him and go down the path that he's leading us down to inherit the life and the kingdom that he offers us all. And the best way to explain that, everyone, is going to be through the story of Saul and the masses, because in Acts chapter 9, you know, before he became an apostle, Paul, Saul was a person that lived his life persecuting Christians across, you know, their known world at that point. And while he was on the way to Damascus, you know, he has a life changing vision of Jesus asking him, why is he persecuting him? And then simply following that conversation, he tells him to go in the city and wait for further instruction. And it's at that moment is at that time that Saul goes from being this person who dedicated his life to destroying the gospel, so to speak, to actually becoming one of the forerunners of the gospel and one of the most you know, famous apostles that has ever lived and has made an impact here on this earth. And it's interesting because here we see a story of a man who lived one life and lived one way and truly came into full repentance of changing his mind and living a completely different life and experiencing you know, the kingdom that God had to offer. And although Paul went through, you know, shipwreck, he went through being beat, he went through being cast out and stoned and all of those other things, he was able to truly experience the love, the grace and the peace that comes with following God and truly receiving and living out his kingdom in his life. So essentially, everyone, you know, the summary here, <coughs> excuse me, is the fact that Jesus is indeed the king, right? And that you know, his life was the expression of the truth that he came to convey. And it is by accepting the truth that the kingdom of God is here. And the only thing that we have to do is to change our mindsets and follow him, that we're truly able to experience the many benefits of, you know, the kingdom offers and the fact that we have a relationship with him. And so lastly, you know, the point that I want to cover here is that Jesus helps us understand the truth, because now that we know what the truth is, now we can get to the point of how do we understand and apply this to our lives. And that, once again, is found in John chapter 18, verse 37. At the very end, it says that everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And so here Jesus tells us that if we want to know the truth, you know, we have to listen to him. And listening here is not just the word of we hear what he's saying, but we're able to understand his words. And it's from that place of understanding that we're able to apply the principles that he's given us in our lives. And we're able to experience the truth that he wants us to have. And so when you look at that, ultimately, everyone, you know, this goes even all the way back to the garden, because that was God's original intention in the beginning, because when he created the heavens and the earth, and he placed Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, they were supposed to be in a place where they lived and talked with him directly, but they also experienced, you know, the life of freedom that he offers us. And it was in that place where, you know, they had everything that they could ever want or need. And even in that place, there was no depression, there was no anxiety, there was no sickness, 
There was none of the things that we see in our world today. Everything was in harmony because not only was the Trinity present there, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but it was also present here on the earth as well through the relationship of, you know, Adam as a husband, Eve as the wife, and then God being there to tie up the three-strand cord as mentioned in the book of Ecclesiastes, right? They reflected God's Trinity here on earth, you know, husband, wife, God. And so ultimately, everyone, essentially what I'm saying here is that, you know, the core of the garden story, looking at Genesis chapter one through three is really the epitome of what God always wanted. And that is truly the truth that he always desired for us to live in. And it wasn't until after the fall that we end up losing the concept of what truth is and people begin to try to find truth in their own distinct way. And so ultimately, the only way to truly come back and turn to the truth is to really listen and understand the words of God, you know, to read the story of Jesus, to understand the parables that he's given us to pray and have a personal relationship with God, to be in the place where we're able to truly, you know, learn and grow and experience a life with him. It's in that place that we're able to truly have this life. And it truly begins with Understanding, number one, that Jesus is a king. Number two, he came to preach the kingdom of heaven to us. And then number three, he gave his very life for us to be able to experience the relationship God always intended for us to have. And it's through that, everyone, that we're able to simply, you know, live and understand the truth. And it comes by once again accepting Jesus as our Lord, as our Savior, as the people that we've seen before and truly being willing and able to walk down the path that he's leading us to do. And that's essentially, everyone, how you live and walk in truth. And then from there, you simply just use God's truth, use God's word to filter in everything in your life. So the way that you walk, the way that you talk, the things that you do should be filtered out of his word his principles and his boundaries. And when you do that, everyone, you know, you will see your life begin to slowly change and you won't be moved by, you know, the situations and the things that we go through on a daily basis. But instead, you'll be guided by a God that not only created us all, but wants a personal relationship with us and is able, more than able to help us in every situation that we deal with. But ultimately, everyone, that is pretty much it for today. That is, once again, the concept of the truth. And truth begins with first, once again, understanding that Jesus is the key. Jesus is the one that we search for. Jesus is the one that we worship and follow. And we follow him, once again, not only because he's the king, but because of the sacrifice that he's made. And it's when we go down the path of following him, when we go down the path of learning his word and understanding, applying it to our lives and having that relationship with him, that we're truly able to live in the truth and the joy and the freedom that he desires each of us to have. So with that being said, that's pretty much it for today, everyone. I want to thank you all for tuning in. As always, I truly hope and pray that you've been blessed by this message. So please be sure to subscribe and share this message if you were and continue to look out for wisdom of Christ and all the amazing things that we have coming in. If you feel so compelled, as always, please be sure to look into the wisdom of Christ community. It is a place that we have where you're able to truly go in. You're able to communicate and build a relationship with other believers and truly experience the life and the freedom that Jesus offers to us all. And there's no better place to do that than among the company of other people that are on the same journey. But until next time, everyone, take care, be blessed, continue to be the amazing people that God has created you to become. Enjoy your Sunday.
Thank you so much for tuning in to our episode today. If this message has been a blessing to you, we pray that you will leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform and that you will share this with a friend who may be in need of it. Until next time, take care. God bless. And we pray that we will see you all very, very soon.